Hallelujah tonight, praise the Lord. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Word. I want to welcome you all to this time of fellowship again, a time of refreshing in God's presence. As you connect this evening, we'll have a great time together with the Word of God. The way we we grow and the way we mature is when we eat the Word of God. We cannot really survive as believers without constantly feeding on the Word, constantly eating the Word. We cannot. You see, this statement can never be overemphasized. We can't. We can't. We can't um, outtalk it. In fact, saying it is safe for us. Paul said, "For me to write the same thing um, is, is 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 not grievous for me. But to you, it's for gain. So there's gain in retreating." Mr. Okoli, welcome to God bless you. Bless you. Welcome connecting. God bless you. Brother uh, Rotimi, welcome. Uh, God bless you tonight. And I, I want us to really learn. Really learn. And, and learn a lot of things tonight as we as we go through this series of teachings. And I want you to have a notebook. I have a place where you jot things down, where you go back to review, like the Bavarian Christians. The Bible says in Acts 17, 11, said they were more noble, they were more astute, they were more 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 focused than the believers in Thessalonica, in that they they went back to check. You see, one of the things that make you know that you are growing is your desire to want to check, to want to cross-check, to want to find out, to want to do a, a little more study. Um, you, you know, the things you hear pro, uh, props you up to do some some more personal readings. You know, it, it excites you to make you want to push deeper and, and go more in the world. So, it's just, it's just right and up for you to do um, that as we look at the Word of God. Um, and tonight, if we are set to go into the Word, can we just pray as we go in without um, wasting much of our time? Father, we thank you tonight. We come into before this Word. We come before the Word today with all reverence. Our blessed eternal Redeemer, our one and only God, our precious Father, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the whole universe, the one whose breath is life, the one that makes all things for his own pleasure. Father, you're the one that has called us into this blessed hope. Thank you for your world. Thank you for your universe. Thank you for the call. Thank you because you want to show us forth as a token of your victory. Lord, thank you because in the ages to come that you will show the world by the church your manifold wisdom. Lord, this wisdom is what we are, we are we, we unraveled until we see you. Thank you for counting us in this wisdom. Even though we don't understand and comprehend it all yet now. But we know your word is true, your word is set, your word is certain. And Lord, tonight with, with a heart of love, with a heart of reverence, we approach this word. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear. In the name of Jesus, let the captives be set free tonight. Let, let the blind see. 
let the lame walk. Let those who need wisdom, Lord, be endued with wisdom that comes by your word. Lord, let this word tonight build us up and help us conform to the knowledge of your son as we live on the earth today in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you because I speak tonight as an oracle to the praise and glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody said with me, Amen. Hallelujah. Um, tonight I'm so, so excited to bring you the word of God again. And um, I want to take off from where we left off on Sunday. You know, in the end times, the Bible says, the Apostle Peter was writing, he says, there will be scoffers. Um, scoffers are mockers. And they will mock the truth. And in fact, it's not even in the end times, it, it, it's been from time. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah mocked the truth. Um, the people in the days of Noah mocked him for, it, for over a hundred years. Because he, because he was saying that the, a judgment is coming. Escape the judgment. Come to the Lord. But you see, the Bible says people will scoff. And they scoff things they don't know. And they mock. And, and the Apostle Peter was writing in Second Peter chapter 3. From verse 1 through 9. In fact, from verse 1 to the end, he was talking about this. And um, in verse 3, he said, But know this first. That in the latter times, scoffers shall come, working after their own lusts and desires. Scoffers. People, 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 people neglecting God, scoffing God, you know, looking down the truth, querying the, the authenticity of the truth. Challenging the validity of the word. Challenging the, 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 the judgments of God. The ways, the views of God. Because of their lust. You see, the reason they challenge God is because they want to continue in the lost. And see, and they, they're asking the question... Where is the promise of the Father? Where is the promise of His coming? And because this is so loud in our day, we have so many movements challenging the promise of His coming. People are, are, are getting weak in their faith. People are challenging their, their celebrities, their, their world bodies, challenging this truth of God. And, 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 and because the truth of God is not, is not, is not as, 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 as loud as it should be, many are tending towards the scoffers and the scorners. People are almost, the, 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 the fate of men is drowning, is drowning in the voice of, of the scoffers. Because they're asking, you who have been shouting, he's coming, he's coming. When will he come? He's, 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 the, the age will not end. But you see, if you read Second Peter 3 and, and, and verse 9, it says, it says, it says, it says from, from verse 8, he said, Know this, that, that, that don't be ignorant of this one truth. 
that before God, a thousand years is like one day. And one day is like a thousand years. So what looks to us as long, longevity of life actually is, is brave, is, 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 is brevity of life. If 1,000 years to God is like but one day, then your 60, 70, 80, even 100 years is but a fleeting minutes. So to God, yes, you, if you live 100 years, to actually you just spent like two hours. But to you, you've lived. So God does not live in time and space. And therefore, what he has promised will come to pass. If a thousand years to God is like, it's like one day, then your hundred years actually is like three to four, maximum ten hours. So you've lived just, now imagine if you're not your hundred, you are thirty. You just are dead. You're just ten minutes old before God. And to you, you've enjoyed everything you want to, you want to maximize life. But, 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 but before God, the judgment will come. And this is what the Christians should hold on to. This is what the believers should come to terms with in our day. All our years will come like a fleeting second before him. And one day we'll stand before our maker to give account. And not too long from now, that will be and will face the consequence of it for eternity. So says the word. And you know, all the things on earth that men enjoy is like is but for a fleeting second. Hebrews 11, 24, 25 talks about Moses. He said, Moses refused the pleasures of Egypt. He refused the 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 the, the, the entreaties, the, the the royalty of the palace. But he chose to suffer reproach with the people of God, not willing to hold on to the fleeting pleasure of sin. Folks, and everyone hear me tonight, sin is just fleeting. The, 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 the enticement, the, the enjoyment so-called that men enjoy is fleeting. The, the bar life, the, the freedom, the club life, the, the woman life, the, the, you know, that's, that, that freedom you desire is fleeting. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, 25 says so. The fleeting pleasures of sin. So as Christians, we need to come to a place where we set our theology of Christ and our belief in God right and begin to see things exactly the way God sees it. I want to start this evening by... By saying to us that God has a plan. And you are in the plan of God. Hallelujah. You see, everything that God is doing on earth today is, is, is playing out his will. If you notice, First Corinthians 15, 22. Let's turn to everybody tonight. First Corinthians 15, 22. Let me start from there this evening. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 15:22. The Bible says here, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But do you know that the Bible calls Christ the second Adam? So when God was, was dealing with Adam, actually he had the second Adam in mind. So it wasn't really about Adam, it was really about Christ. 
So when God was molding that clay, it was Christ in his mind. He has seen the end from the beginning. First Corinthians 15, go a bit verse 25 of, 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 of that scripture. I'm just showing you that things have been laid. The pattern has been laid already. Verse 25. It says, and, 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 and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a word. That means God has made, when God was making the first Adam, he had the last Adam in mind. So, the first Adam was just played a pattern of, of who the last Adam is going to be. So, if God looked at the first Adam because of the second Adam, uh, that, that, means, that means in between everything, he has, he has pre-planned things to be according to his own pleasure. And if you are in that will of God, if God has so chosen you, that means you have been in his plan before the world came. Hallelujah tonight. So, say amen tonight. Hallelujah. This is the victory. Knowing that God has wrought a work in us. Let me read that bit tonight as I make progress. See what it says there. It says, How be it that that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, that which is what? Spirit. That means the one that came first was what? Natural. Because there will be a spiritual one to come. So God was looking at the spiritual, but he set the template for the natural to come to pass first. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord. See that? That means the so 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 what God was doing was was preparing the way for the Lord, was setting a pattern for the Lord. He knew from beginning that the Lord was going to come, that He was going to come. That's why it says that He was slain like the lamb. He was placed like a lamb that was slain before the world began. Hallelujah tonight. The first man was earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. You see, how can the man be from heaven? He's God, he's fully man, he's fully God. Praise God. That is the mystery of the hypostatic union for the purpose of redemption and atonement. So what's amen tonight? You remember when God called Abraham? And they called him Father Abraham. Genesis 22. God was setting a pattern. It wasn't really about Abraham, it was about Christ. You see, everything that happened, happened because there's a pattern God wants to reveal. Abraham, go and sacrifice your son. Your only son whom thou lovest. I love the adjectives. No, they were perfect for a purpose. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Abraham, the son, your son, your only son whom thou lovest. To a mountain I'm going to show you. And he went for three days. That's what Christ missed for over three years. And the third day he saw the mountain and he went there. And he says, Lord... Here is the wood, everything. But where is the lamb? Say, on the mountain of the Lord, you provide himself a, 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 a lamb. And when he got there, he found something. It was a type of Jesus. And today I want to let you know that God is involved in the things that men do. God has a plan. We can't remove God's hands from his creation as saints. 
So how does this play to our walk with God as saints? I began to show to us on Sunday in church, and I will continue tonight, the, the, the revelation of the plan of redemption of God as, as we tie to his word. You know, God is very involved. In fact, God is initiator of redemption. We see that in the word of God. Because of his, of his election and his, and his predestination, the atonement came. He, you know, if he, had, if he had slain the lamb before the world began, that means the lamb had been slain. So the purpose or the, the, the point on which redemption lies is on the slain lamb. And both the election and the slain lamb are both the acts of God. Leviticus 17:11. The Bible says, it says, it says, it says, for no one shall eat, eat, eat the blood. Say, for I've given you the blood for an atonement for your souls. For the life of every flesh is where? In the blood. So the purpose of the blood is for the atonement. So God gave the blood of the animal's life. That's, that, that, that means when God was creating animals, he put blood therein because he knew that man will need the blood for his word atonement. So it is the work of God. And that was why you read in, in, in the Genesis chapter two, no, no, number two. Bible says when 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 sorry about three. When when Adam sinned, God came in verse twenty one and and covered them with, with with skins of animals. For a skin of animal to come forth, blood must have been shed. What I see in Romans for without the shedding of blood, there cannot be remission for sin. Who made the provision for the blood? God. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Say, therefore, purge yourself of the old living and become a new living. For Christ, our Passover lamb, and the word has been slain, has been sacrificed. Purge yourself from the old living, from the old mindset, from the old thought. For Christ, our Passover, has been slain. You see, we must not take away the things of God from redemption. Because if we do, we will not be able to appreciate and worship God. And appreciate what God has done for us in redemption. 1 Peter 1 verse 18. It says, knowing this, that you are not redeemed by corruptible things like silver or gold. But by the, pledge, by the precious blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah tonight. So, 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 so the, the, the election of God led to his atoning sacrifice. Praise God. Big argument tonight. God had to come down. You see, Jesus was fully God and fully man that might fulfill the requirement of justice for human race. And when atonement was, was done, God began to call men. There's a calling on you. We called you. There's a voice that sounded in your spirit. For those whom you, who 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 for you, them he also called. He called you. A voice sounded in the spirit to awaken you from from dead. 
for the purpose of redemption. So if, if you are hearing me tonight and you are loving God, you, you, are, you, are, you are pressing into God, you are, you, are, you are tilting towards God, you are, you are asking more questions about, you want to know Him, it shows that the Lord is working something out in your heart. There's, there's an ongoing work of God in you, but see, you, you, you have to respond and yield to it fully that, that, the, that the justification of God might come on you. For no man can choose him of his own free will. God chooses men. But man has also to, what? to respond to the call of God. And when God calls you, God also regenerates you. He doesn't just call you to, to, to get attention. No, he calls you because he wants you to himself. And so he quickens your spirit. Now, I will talk all these things in details. But I'm, I'm taking it so, so you know how it progresses. So God elects us. God calls us. God regenerates us. Titus 3 verse 5. And when the kindness and love of God appeared to all men. And not by the works that we have done. But by his mercy he has saved us. By the washing and renewal and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. The birthing. Jesus said. He said for that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The burning. That's, that's, that's the regeneration. The, the awakening. God has done something in you for you to know him. And when he regenerates us, then the gospel comes. It's at that point that you can respond. The gospel is preached. Hallelujah tonight. When the gospel is preached, men are able to receive. You see, the reason, this is important because, you, because you, 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 you know that actually you've gone through this process for you to have received the amen tonight. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 verse, verse 2, it says, it says verse 3, it says, For the gospel was preached unto us and unto them, but the gospel did not profit them. So it's not just the gospel, something could have happened. And at the point of conversion, God gives you faith to believe. You respond by faith to his own faith. Because of the gospel you heard. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the preaching of the word. Mark 16.15 Go to the whole world and preach the gospel to all nations. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Without the, the, the instrument of the gospel, no one can be saved. So when God has walked in our heart, he brings the gospel unto us. Because it's by the vehicle of the gospel that we are redeemed and saved from the earth. First Corinthians 1, 17 and 18. Say, Christ has not sent me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of man's wisdom, but with the power of God. So the gospel is the power. Romans 1, 16. Say, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to all that believe it. So when God has finished his work in us, he sends the gospel to us. And empowers us to believe it. 
And we in turn hold on to the faith he gave us and respond to him. And you see, uh, when we respond to him in faith, the old mind, the old way of life is jettisoned. There's a call to repentance. The faith of God that comes in you, that enables you to respond to God in faith, makes you to come to a point of repentance in that spot. You see your old life and you are sorry for them and you and you make up your mind at that time by the power of God in you to lead a new life. Amen tonight. So there's repentance and there's a, and there's a walk of faith that God does. There's a, there's, there's, there's a gift of faith that God gives to you and you respond to God by that faith. And by talking of that response to God in faith, the faith commands you to repent. You feel sorry. You see, you see how wrong you have been. Your eyes are now open by the gospel because God has opened your spirit. He has walked in you. You are able to receive and accept and you are able to repent and, and turn from the old ways now to the new way. Praise God tonight. Hallelujah. So, 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 you, 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 on your part, uh, on my part, uh, you, 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 you repented, I, I repented, I, I became sorry for the things I've done, and, and I promised God by His grace and by His help, I will lead a new life, just like you've done, amen. This is the process that God wrote in us. And you see, when we come to this point, or oh, first, maybe rather, that's the reason the, the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 26 of a doctrine of, of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. They are together. The moment your faith is toward God, it commands you to repent. And what's repentance? Forsaking your old ways. Folks, you cannot say that you have received God if you don't forsake your old ways. No, amen. You have to forsake it. You, you have to confess and turn around. You can't go back to the old life and think something new happened. So the, the token that makes you know that, that the work of God has been done in you is that it, it, there's, there's a desire to live the old life. You live it completely. But you see, sometimes those things have been ingrained that will rescue you. But you don't be, you are no more like you used to be. 2 Corinthians 5 17. For if any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. See, if you say you are born again and you are still smoking exactly the same thing you've been smoking for one year straight, folks, I doubt if you are born again. If the Spirit of God is not, it's not, it's not helping you to reduce, now I'm not saying stop at once. If it's not reducing gradually to the point where it becomes so much insignificant, then something had not had not happened to you yet. The faith of God brings you to what? To repentance. And that's why no one can claim to be the God and live in sin. It says, shall we continue in sin? But this abounds. Romans 6, it says, God forbid. So the hallmark of the believer is that he, he gravitates towards righteous living. Now, after this is done, 
we become justified. You see, the moment we put our faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross, by the preaching of the gospel, by appropriating the blood of Jesus, that atoning blood of sacrifice that cleanses us not of silver or gold, but by the precious blood, when that blood has, 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 has taken its work in us, we've, 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 we've received the, the provision of the blood, we become justified children of God. Hallelujah. By the word justification, it means we've, we've, we've been declared as just right. We've been, we've been pardoned. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And let me say this to us tonight. From, from the point of, the, of, of election to justification, it has no singular work of man. It is totally the work of God. The thing that you do there is just repenting in your heart to God. So there's no process that man will give you. There's no recommendation man gives you to end salvation. Salvation is the work of God. And after we are justified, the Spirit of God in us now begins to lead us on toward, on to sanctification. And when we continue in sanctification, it leads us to glorification. Uh, but before I go in there tonight, I will show you two scriptures and then show you an interface. Now you notice in the Bible, in Acts chapter number 2, verse 37, when Peter finished preaching, they asked, what shall we do? He says, repent and believe in Lord Jesus and be baptized. So there's, there's something called water baptism. Jesus was baptized. In fact, when Paul was saved in Acts 9, by Ananias, Ananias baptized him. When, when Philip preached to the Jehovah Enoch, the Jehovah Enoch was baptized in water. But notice, these baptisms were not pre-redemption. They were after they got saved. Notice that. So you can't be baptized to salvation. No, you are baptized after you are saved. Now, what is baptism? Is 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 you see, baptism does something in your spirit. Baptism is is is, is as though the, the 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 act we go through in water to to disengage ourselves from the old life. Um, Paul says in Romans chapter six, verse one, he says we are we are we are buried with him in in baptism into death. So when we are baptized. Is symbolizing the death to the old man, the old life. We are we are publicly proclaiming and telling ourselves and the host of heaven that this man actually has died. And so this is, is, is important for us as believers. And that's why you must know that one of the steps you need to go through after you've been justified by God is that you now submit yourself to baptism. Mark 16, 15. Go to what Jesus said to them as, and, 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 and preached to all nations. He that believeth and is baptized. So baptism is part of it. But you see, baptism does not give us salvation. Now, maybe tomorrow I, I, will, I, I will take one of the scriptures that people that, that talk about baptism as a means, 
as 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 being the sole agent of salvation. Um, um, I, I will show to us how that scripture has not been rightly rightly interpreted. It's in Peter, but but tonight. I'm not going to go there. Then, 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 then after the baptism, then we are also required to be baptized with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is involved in redemption, actually. He's the one that actually does what? Regenerates us. We see in Titus 3 verse 5. But you see, after the regeneration, he comes on us, one, to empower us to live right and also empower us to do the work of the ministry. And so when he comes on you, 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 you desire him, you, you, you must want him, praise God. It's not just something that, you know, you know, you know, you, you, it's enforced on you, no, it's not enforced on any man, it's, it's, it's it, it, it comes on invitation, praise God tonight. Luke eleven thirteen. Jesus speaking, he said, ask you shall receive. Whose man will ask will, will, will have a child that the child will ask him for fish, for bread, and for egg, he will give you serpent, stone, and scorpion. He said, But if you earthly men will not do such things, he said, How much more shall the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? So when you are baptized in water, you are also required to, to, to receive and ask God. You ask God for the Holy for His Holy Spirit. To come on you in, 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 in baptism. To empower you to do the work. And empower you to a sanctified life. And one other thing he also helps us to do. Is help us to pray. And that's where the praying tongue comes in. The praying language comes in. So, so, so the, 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 the infinite of the Holy Spirit. Is not primarily for speaking in tongues alone. But speaking in tongues is very important. But also to empower you to live righteous. And empower you to do the work of God. For no one can do the work of God. Without the power of God abiding in him. And as we make progress, all this culminates into glorification. Turn me tonight to Romans 6. Let's read together verse 22. Romans 6, 22. Romans 6, 22. Let me just show you something there tonight. I'm just running through all of them. All right. As, and then I will come back to keep them one by one. Romans 6. I want to read for us just one verse tonight. Verse 22. Two, it says, but now being made free from sin, amen, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the ending everlasting work life. Now, let me let, let, let me break this down. But now being made, see now, now being made, that means you were not it before. That means you were made it. Do you see that? You didn't acquire it. It wasn't you. It wasn't your work. It wasn't your effort. It was, it was. So for everyone who is born again, God has shown you so much benevolence, so much mercy. Hallelujah tonight. He has shown you and I enough mercy for us to believe him all our days, all our life. So being made, that means we were, we were in a, in a previous state. 
of not being made, but now we've been made, and someone made us. And who made us, folks? God made us. So he said, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruits unto work, sanctification. That means, that means when God makes you his servant or his child by the atoning grace of his son, we, he commands us to live work, sanctified life. That means, that means, that means, there's no, there's nothing called liberty or license for sin. We've been called to freedom, Paul says, but let not your freedom be an occasion for, for, for licentiousness and lasciviousness and sin. No, we've been made free from sin. The redemption in Christ has made you free from sin. So if, 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 if the teaching you're hearing is, is aiding your sinful nature, then it's not godly. So it says, be now made free from sin and become friends to God. Ye have your fruit unto word, holiness or sanctification. And the end is word, glorification. What is everlasting life? For those whom he foreknew, he also preserved. He also called, justified, and um, glorified. So the glorification is worth the everlasting life. So we look for this hope, every one of us, in Christ Jesus. It says in, in, in 1 John 3 and verse 3, it says, For he that hath this hope in himself, what hope? The hope of a returning of Christ again on earth. So God walks in ours. By his eternal mercy, his eternal plan and purpose, by the atoning blood of his son Jesus, he saved you and I. And he called us by the awakening of our spirits through his regeneration. And then we are able by his faith, for by grace are you saved through what? Through faith. It is not of yourself. It is what the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should work, should boast. So the faith we got sent with was actually the faith of God. But see, God gave us strength to be able to respond to his faith or his preaching by faith. And then he commands us to work for repentance. And I will come and become justified children of God. And that's the power that justifies us, commands us to live a sanctified life unto glorification. But tonight, let me take you through a few scriptures before I close. You know, when you look at the scriptures that I gave out on Sunday in the church, there are, there are few words that that um that's so prominent there there's a word elect choose or chosen and these words in the in the greek of it we have eclectus we have eclegomai and we have kletus the word kletus is what you find in Romans 8.28. And the word means, and it says, talk to everybody tonight, Romans 
Don't meet everybody. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called. The word they called is the word kletos and it means invited. It means, it means, it means, it means appointed. You see, those appointed, those invited. So, so we see God inviting and appointing men. Now, if you talk with me to John 15, 16, talk with me tonight if you can. John 15, 16. John will show you something tonight. John 15, 16. Now, what should all these things do unto you? It just shows you the very involvement of God in your life. As we speak currently now. It says in 16. You have not chosen me but I have chosen you. Now hold on there. And it says. It says and, and ordain you that you should go and bring forth food. The word chosen. There is a word. Eglogomai. And it means I chose you. So we see that word. It means to choose. It means to select out of. It means to appoint and ordain. You don't just. Walk in. No, if you can't you can't walk in if you are not appointed, if you're not ordained. Now imagine someone who is not now pardon my word, an ordained minister. You can't come and function as an ordained person. You've ordained. So Jesus said, You are ordained, you are invited, you are you are selected out. That's the meaning of the word then egg legomai. It means you are you are you are called out, you are selected. And the same word, eclectus, that you find in Titus 1 verse 2. Tell me that tonight, to Titus 1 verse 2. Now, because if you, if you don't understand the of this word, some things might be uh, a, a, a little confusing. Titus 1 verse 2. In the hope of eternal life, which God, like I don't like, promised before the world began. In fact, from, from, from verse 1 actually. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of just Christ, According to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after God. The word elect there is the word ekletus. It means to elect, it means to call out, it means to, to set aside. So you see, these words play, they are, they, are, they, are, they are scattered around the work of God in salvation. So for everyone saved, for everyone in Christ, God had worked on you. But tonight, as we press in a little more into this, turn with me tonight to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I want to read verse 44. John 6, 44. John 6.44 You know sometimes some folks think that they, they, they think they are the ones that that walked to church and they think they are doing the church a favor No, no one who is a believer does God any favor or does the church any favor the church does you a favor God does you a favor it is the work of God on your life and therefore you must live to eternally thank and praise him, praise God and when you know God is the one that does this work in your life, then you live in thanksgiving glory to God John 6 44 I said 44 says 
No man can come to the Father except and to me as the Father draws him. Which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, if you if you if you look at that word, it talks about the Father drawing. The word draw there, you see, you uh, let, 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 let's 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 look at this slide carefully. You know, in the days of Jesus, they spoke Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek, but the predominant language of the Palestinians um, was Aramaic. They, they live in Palestine. You know, English language sometimes does not do justice to, to words and the nuances of words in the Bible. And that's why you need Bible concordance, Bible, Bible, Bible yeah, concordance, so, so you see the, the, the various nuances of particular words. If not, you just read English and it might get you confused and get your theology not really right. You know, in Yoruba, I can say, Owo, Owo, Owo. Owo. Now, they're all Owo, Owo. They're all the same spelling, but I've, I've, I've said seven different things entirely. But different inflections will give different meaning. So sometimes the English language doesn't have enough vocabulary to, to, to portray those seven inflections that use the same word. So they'll just use one word. So, but to understand some things, you need to really study to know the mind of God. Don't think it's important for you. If the Bible is your life, the Bible is your, is your compass, don't you think everything you require to get the sound knowledge it's not, it's not too, it's not too far, it's not too high for you to pursue. Now, let's look at the word that Christ used there, draw, in the Greek or in the Aramaic. That word means, hell, quote, let go. Don't mind the word. But you see, it, it means to drag. It means, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father literally drags. That means, you know, who you drag? You drag someone who doesn't know the danger of what's happening. Just like the angel had to drag Lot and his, and his wife and his, and his children. They, he, 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 because, because they didn't really know the danger at hand. The thought is just his joke. That God's judgment will not come on Sodom and Gomorrah. The thing is to men. Are you really sure God will send fire? And so they were delayed. And Bible says the angel had to literally what? Drag them out of the city to save them from the wrath to come. So the word that Joshua has dropped there actually is the word drag. So no man can come to the Father except or to me. He said, except the Father literally drags him. Because of his own accord, he has no strength. Because he has no knowledge of the danger ahead. So the word that the word drag. Now I want to find God that God dragged me to himself. Amen. 
He didn't lead me to my stubbornness. He didn't lead me to my deadness. He didn't leave you in, 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 the, in the state in which you are. He came by his law, not by what I have done. But he dragged me to grace. He dragged me to life. He dragged me to hope. Listen, folks, that if God has so dragged me to himself, will he not lead me to the devil to mess me up? No. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight. He dragged me to himself with his love. God commanded his love towards us in the world where yet dead and what we yet seen as Christ died. So the word dead is the word drag. The same word was used in Acts 16, verse 19. When 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 the master of of, of, of the slave girl, of the, of the girl that had the spirit of divination. When Paul cast out the devils from her, Bible says they dragged him to the marketplace under the court. That means they pulled him violently down there. The same word used when Paul was sent in, what was moved there. Acts 16 and verse 19. Paul and Silas were dragged and they were moved. So when you look at the scripture, we begin to see the, the involvement of God. Amen. The, the, the intrusion of God in that sense. Because he loved us. Because he, he, has, he has called us. Because, because he wants us to himself. This mercy appeared to you and I. That's why I can sleep with my eyes closed at night. And no demon can come and oppress me. If he does, he's violating his territory. And therefore he's liable to judgment. Praise God tonight. Hallelujah. Someone to in this place. Amen. If, if, if God so, came, so come to drag me. Because he so loved me. His grace appeared. His mercy appeared to me. He's the one that came to me. I didn't go to him. I didn't love him much. He loved me in spite of my hatred for him. If he so come to me to save me. Then he won't leave me to, to myself. That's why there's no room for depression for a believer. There's no room for, 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 for being weak in spirit. No room for fear, but all room for faith and the power of God. Amen tonight. First Peter 1, verses 1 and 2. Let's read that tonight. Apostle Peter, who's, who, who was Jesus' in that sense, right hand man. First Peter number 1. You know, we see this concept being, being talked about by Jesus, by Paul, by Peter, amen, and even by God himself. You know, before I read first verse tonight, we're going to close shortly. Our time is almost up. You know that when God called Abraham, he called Abraham when many people were involved. But said, Abraham, I've chosen. He said, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your father's house, so then I will show you. Oh, do you think it was Abraham that was in that, 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 that was in Haran at the time? No, there are many. God chose Abraham for his own mercy and his own pleasure. There was Cain and Abel. God chose Abel. And God made Cain. Why do you choose Abel? For his own pleasure. There was Esau and Jacob. God chose Jacob. And he didn't choose Esau for his own pleasure. 
Oh, he came to a town of Mary. There were many virgins in the land, but God came to Mary. Now God had been in, 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 the, in the, it's just in the plan of God to, to you know, to, to call people to himself. And so no one can truly come to God without God having what in his heart. No one can begin to love God. No one can begin to, to press towards God until God does something specific in his heart. First number one, verse one to three. And I'm going to close here tonight. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus. Now the word the strangers means 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 Gentiles. Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Eclectus of God. See the word there? Elect according to word. The foreknowledge of who? Of God. Now this is English. They were elect according to word. That means God foreknew them. And he elected them. Amen. Paul taught this. Jesus taught it. Peter taught it. John taught it. God also programmed it. And why, why is God doing this? It's to show us. Is the one that's involved in our salvation. You can't truly love God if God has not extended to you his hand of love. Let me read through that right. Verse 2. He led according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. Now it means how do we know that we've been called of God, and you know him, by what, by what, the sanctification of what, of the spirit, so this sanctification of the spirit is a, is a sign that that work has been done in you, so when you get born again, however it comes by the word, it must lead to work, to sanctification, to wanting to please God, you must always desire to please him, that's the reason, you can't miss or stop church, you cannot, you know why? Because you know it won't please God. How do I know that? Hebrews 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as a man of work of some is so much the soul as we see the day approaching. So everything that pleases God will please you. Why? Because the work of God has been established in your heart. And tonight, if you are not only really following God through to the letter, and let you see God's expectation for you based on the work he has wrought in your life. God expects of you to reciprocate, to, 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 to begin to show he has empowered you by his Holy Spirit to lead that kind of life, to please in him. Through sanctification of the Spirit, unto word, obedience, see the word, unto obedience. That means this leads you to what? Sanctification and obedience. So you can't claim you are saved or born again and you are living in 
disobedience to the word of God. No, they don't go together. So tonight I want to let you know that God expects of you to come to live in obedience. He said, I have called you to myself that you may what? Bear fruit. Now let me enter that with this. Turn with me again back to John's gospel. John, John, we read earlier this evening, John 15, verse 16. Let, let, let me show you this to, to set the pattern. John 15, 16. So what is said here? Ye have not chosen me, but I have what? Chosen you and ordained you that you should what? Go and bring forth fruit, that your, that your fruit should remain. And whatever you shall ask, if I in my name, I will. Now the issue is that the, the reason you ordained you is that you must go and do what? Bring forth fruit. And it was not just fruit, but abiding character. So the token that the work of God has, has been wrought in you is sanctification and obedience. You see, the, the predestination, the atonement, the calling, regeneration, and the conversion, every of this thing is an instantaneous process of God. It's one act of God. It's done once, no. It's done at the same time and it's done in the past. But once you are justified, then you are commanded to begin to live a sanctified life in obedience to God. And the Holy Ghost that helps us do that. How obedient are you? Obeying the word of God. Obeying it in your office. Obeying the word of God in your environment. If you are an employee, he says, servants, obey your masters in the flesh. Working with them, not with eye service. Don't serve with eye service. That's obedience. Employers, don't treat them as slaves, but treat them as citizens of, 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 of the father. That's obeying the word. As husbands, as wives. As, as church members, as, 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 as church leaders, the redemption of God commands you to obedience. How obedient are you? The song says, He's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God. He's changing everything in obedience to God. Tonight I want to let you know that you are making progress. But God wants to come to a point where you are fully grounded in Him. The presence of God in your spirit. The presence of God's work in your heart. Must lead you to check in your life. You see, your life is no more your own. Yes, you have liberty. But liberty should be in tandem with the world. Your life must be in tandem with what God wants. You must shine forth as light. You see, you must live for him. For he expects you so to do. Don't just be a person that professes the word. But be one that lives it. Acts 1 verse 1. It's the thing that Christ both began to do and to teach. Don't be the one that hears what God alone. But do as of the word. For he that hears the word and doesn't do it is like a man that behold his face in the glass and wherefore not knowing what man of person he is. But he that beholds a perfect love liberty 
and continues in it. He will not be the forgetful hearer, but the doer, the doer, the doer of the work. This man is blessed in all his ways. The output of the presence of God in your heart, in your life, is the obedience that you show forth to God's word. And God wants you to daily progress in this dimension as we all look forward to his coming. For no one knows the day and hour he will come, but may he meet you prepared and ready in him to see him again. God has done work in you. So great a work, so great a salvation. Therefore you live your life to praise him forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Thank you for the teaching tonight. We keep on this as you help us. Share it with your world. Share it with your people. The demands of righteousness. The demands of justification. The price of redemption. The token of our redemption. Oh, thank you because we know, oh God, that that, 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 that the coming again of the Son of Man is imminent and is close. Because a day to you is like a thousand years. So all the years we've been waiting, Lord, to you is more than two days. Surely it will come. I pray, Lord, tonight that it will make us prepared. Walking in your will, in obedience to you. Serving you, not with eye service, but with with a sincerity of heart, not with 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 careless love, but with unfailing love in our hearts, pushing, striving to be more like the Word. Thank you, because Lord, our life is patterned according to the Bible, and we live, Lord, with our lives shining as light, that men will see and know You. Lord, if men wants to see You, God, when they see us, Lord, let them see You in us. Make us your ambassadors indeed. Thank you, God, because your word dwells and abides in us. And daily we make progress. I pray tonight for everyone that has helped me, Lord, for the power to, to make amends, to make a change, Lord, to repent and turn around to a new life. Lord, if there are any areas of laxity, any area of, of, of weakness, oh God, Lord, by the help of God, let strength be given to us. For amendment and repentance that might yield to you, God. Lord, take away the spirit of pride and, 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 and help us to remain humble to your word. Becoming daily like you, Lord, and walking on this earth with full expectation of your coming back on the earth. Send your precious Savior. We ask all this tonight through the precious name of our Savior and Lord. Jesus Christ. So I said with me, Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for, for tuning in. We're going to see you again Thursday by the grace of God. Please don't miss the teaching. Let's keep building ourselves up in the Word. Let's keep hearing. Let's keep building. Let's keep building. And let this lead you to more thanksgiving to God 
you see that yeah more worship more study more you know review this again go over this word again and i want to encourage you to listen over to this message again and again not just once faith comes by hearing and hearing again the word of god faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing so don't hear just once hear more than once and by so doing the word of god will sink in your spirit god bless you tonight we'll see you again on thursday by the grace of god thank you folks god bless you and good night